0: You're listening to CGR Cougar Radio, radio station at Misericordia University, Dallas, Pennsylvania.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the second edition of Holiday Talk, where we talk about holidays you may or may not have heard of and potentially learn something new along the way. I'm here with this week's co-host, our editor-in-chief of The Highlander, Mr. Isaac Guildwell. Welcome to the show. How's it going, John? I'm I'm doing fine, too. So this week, we are going to do the holidays that are... Uh, From February 14th all the way to the 20th. And let's start with the obligatory Valentine's Day. However, we are not going to be talking about Valentine's Day on this show. I already have an article which details its traditions. So we're going to talk about the lesser known holidays that are celebrated on this day. Such as Library Lovers Day. Tracing back to the the Babylonian times, we had our first library formed in the city of Nippur as well as other libraries, which includes the iconic Library of Alexandria, as well as private libraries that you might see in regular palaces from the Middle Ages all the way to the Industrial Revolution, where our modern-day libraries are, well, present. So, so, let's hand it off to our guest. What do you... Anything to say about this? Um, all I can
0: say is... Uh, I think that considering uh, we're talking about libraries and stuff about the Library of Alexandria when it burned down and we lost a ton of different plays and different writings of ancient times Uh, there's been a lot of talk and chatter about how much uh, knowledge had been lost in there and how potentially we could have um maybe even been a little bit more advanced if the library had not burned at all. Yeah,
1: and that's amazing. Even though we lost a lot of stuff, it would have been really interesting to see what ancient life was like if that library hadn't burned down.
0: Well, I think some of the writings actually included uh, more of Homer's writings. Because, you know, Homer wrote the Odyssey and the Iliad.
1: Well, that's the only one iconic ones we know of today. And, yeah, it's kind of a shame that this whole whole big collection of library stories and un- stories kind of burned down. Who knows what some of these stories would have been like, status-wise, if they had survived.
0: Absolutely. I think that it is... Um, very interesting to learn about stuff like that. I love history. I love uh, lots of different parts of history. One of my favorite things is I, uh, in high school, that I used to do is uh, we used to do a lot of Greek and Roman history. Um, and that kind of transferred over, excuse me, that kind of transferred over, I think, my first semester here. I was taught more so. Uh, more Greco-Roman history when I came here, and honestly, it's something that's always been interesting to me. Um, I was actually... One of my ideas that my dad had for me is he, he knew I loved history. He wanted me to go, uh, come here and become a history teacher.
1: Well, that is interesting. We do change our career perhaps down, down a lot of ways, and heck, even some of the books that we could have learned could have I've said this before, and had a little bit more detail on what ancient history was like, and yeah, it's it's some, and even so, after the whole Library of Alexandria thing, libraries were kind of restricted to like big palaces, and it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution where they were separated and made available to the common folk. Right.
0: Well, I, I think a lot of that was because of education as well. Um, think about how many people didn't even know how to read in certain places back then uh, and until it became a modern standard and that was even somewhat recently um, uh, being literate was not technically needed for certain trades and jobs and it's it's just interesting now that we have such a
1: wonderful thing at our fingertips. And even so, they are keys to preservation. How many movies that you know are under preservation in the Library of Congress, or famous book, r- famous literature by uh, well-known authors? Or even movies based on books. Even that. Even that, so we even have our own library on campus. Which is by Insulaco, and I consider it an interesting, interesting thing. And speaking of something interesting, it found, it's also the day of National Ferris Wheel Day. <laughs> yeah, that uh, wheel thing that you see at your average County Fair or Circus, we actually have, it's actually named after the inventor of George Washington Gale Ferris Jr. Let's try saying that three times fast. Interesting. He graduated from the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York, and debuted in 1893 with the Columbian Exposition in Chicago. And so, yeah, it's another holiday that kind of deserves a little bit more credit. It's perfect for lovers, and even so, can really give give you a view. Right. I tend to uh,
0: enjoy a Ferris wheel every... Now and again if it's a large enough one, um, because I like the view that it gives me, uh, I there's one at my hometown. We have a carnival every year towards the 4th of July and it is very interesting because I can see a lot of old friends and stuff and that's always been a staple of that particular event is the Ferris wheel. It's always been in the back of the uh, carnival uh, right next to the road.
1: Yeah, and I have a question. Have you ever heard of something called uh, of the world's tallest Ferris wheel that opened in Las Vegas, Nevada almost 10 years ago? I have heard of it. There was another one, I think it was in England,
0: uh that was uh there before them and they decided that they wanted or we wanted to obviously go bigger.
1: Wasn't it the one that kind of made it a staple for in the London, you know, city, the Millennium Eye? I believe so. Yeah, that. And it's amazing. And even wasn't for the Ferris wheel, we wouldn't have that. Or the whole Las Vegas thing. And heck, it's perfect for lovers to just go and share, enjoy a view or even possibly propose to each other if they have one of those Ferris wheel <laughs> that has con- gondola seating. Right. And even so... We don't give these days enough credit. And that's what holiday talk is all about. We'll be, re- anyway, up next we'll have holidays from February 15th, which, in, which may or may not have a food related, may or may not be food related, right after this commercial break.
2: In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all American family. The odds of him opening his own clothing store at the age of 18? One in 138,000. Excited to be a part of pop culture, he packed for the big city. The odds of finding someone to invest in his vision? One in 4.5 million. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? one in 68 i am tommy hilfiger and my family is affected by autism i encourage you to learn more at autism signs early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference brought to you by autism speaks and the ad council
3: every day across this country hundreds of college radio stations
4: take to the air broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else
5: it's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say
3: without it you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform certain people need to have a chance a fighting chance and college radio is that place for it college
4: radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too this is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio.
0: College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life.
3: So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit college radio.org.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going on to February 15th with National Gumdrop Day.
0: Ooh, what are your thoughts back. on gumdrops, sir, John?
1: Well, first off, we are have the French to thank for this. De- Dennis Papin, actually, or Papin, whatever you want to pronounce it, actually discovered first discovered gelatin through experimentation, and that's how the whole gumdrop thing stem started. The whole gumdrop thing really didn't get popularized until 1949 when the board, boardland Candyland debuted with a location known as Gumdrop Mountains. And even so, we had gummy bears in 1960 introduced in Germany, but were made out of electric and called dancing bears. And even so, is there, 1981 had gummy worms debuted by Trolley. You know those commercials with uh, mm-hmm. dancing worms? That, that, those ones. They make neon gummy crawlers today as an example. And, yeah, they're a sweet, they can, be, they can be a sweet treat. One of those munchies. Right. You have get on road trips and stuff like that. Your words? I think it's interesting. I mean, um,
0: it's something that I've had, and I feel like it has to be the right texture. And if it's not the right texture, it definitely has to be the right flavor for me to enjoy it. I see. I mean, I, I do like the fruit flavored candies and such. Um, uh, my it reminds me of when I was a kid. My grandfather used to have a bunch of gumdrops and jelly beans in jars, and he'd sit and we'd sit and he'd eat them with us while we watched TV. He used to watch a lot of old westerns and stuff like that. And he had uh, it was a like a cream colored jar, and it had black bears on it, like painted on the side. And that's what uh, gumdrops remind me of. He used to get the spiced ones, and he used to get the regular ones. And I remember there was one specific one that I really liked, and it was a specific color. I think it was the white one. It tasted like cream soda. And then he'd get the, the other ones, which I think were the spiced ones, and those ones tasted nasty. And you couldn't tell the difference until you already had one. <laughs> I doubt. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a 50-50 shot, and I lost 90% of the time. Oh, that's gonna be rough.
1: Kind of reminds me of the whole, uh you know, the Jelly Belly thing where, the, even though they look the oh, same, the bean they can taste ones. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. I had to eat. A, I had to eat a few of them from a dare, and uh, I did they too. are not. They are not pretty. My friend brought them to school once, and I had one. And
0: I think it was. I think I had the dog food one.
1: Oh, that it was
0: nasty. Have... I've, the flavor stays with you too if you actually end up swallowing it. It, it ends up uh, every time I burped, it came back and it, I could smell it again, and it was it was terrible. <laughs> it was a bad day.
1: Oh, I'm guessing the whole gummy bear thing. Remi- the I'm the reason why I say that is because it remind it reminded me of the Bean Boozled Chow. Oh, the Bean Boozled, thats the name I yeah, was trying Bean to Boozled. think of. It, yeah, I had to eat like thirty of them, but as part of a oh. dare. And you couldn't really tell which ones are good and which ones are bad, and I only had a bit of a reprieve to spit them out or s- suck it up and swallow it. I think I think my favorite ones, though, they had a, like one that was lime,
0: and if it, if it wasn't lime, it was lawn clippings. Oof. And I couldn't tell which one I got. Because yeah, lime and lawn clippings are too similar. They're, they're, that's that's the point, I believe. But uh, I'll tell you what, even if I did get lawn clippings, it wasn't too bad.
1: I guess so. <laughs> Even so, you can't really tell the difference. Right. Ever, have you ever tasted lime juice? Those... I don't know if I'm actually... am t- very tart. Yeah, it's very tart. And even from one sweet thing to another sweet thing, we have also Susan B. Anthony Day celebrated on the 15th. She Interesting. was one of the advocators of women's rights back in the late 1800s and... When 1920 rolled around, which we just celebrated its 100th anniversary, had the woman amend the women's right amendment, which allowed women to vote. And right, yeah, that's right. We just celebrated its 100th anniversary, like a couple a couple years ago. He yeah. led. She also led an anti-slavery campaign back in 1861, as well as the first women's suffrage campaign in. Campaign convention in Washington D.C.
0: I was gonna say that's what I know her for is the stuff she did for anti-slavery uh, because the I, I had to refresh my memory because you were talking about women's suffrage too and I'm like wait yeah and and absolutely she did both and it, it's amazing it's it's an amazing thing uh, amazing mm-hmm. piece of history amazing person. And, obviously, I agree with you that I think that we should definitely
1: at least have it on every calendar. It it really does feel like it should be on every calendar, but it doesn't feel like it's being celebrated as much as we'd like. I think, well, the thing is, is I think
0: that uh, the best thing to do, though, is, as far as I know, she's still being taught in history books. True. And how many people read history books that go through elementary and high school yeah so it's probably uh she's probably still being celebrated just not in a particular day just when they come across her on the chapters and that and that's how i remember it because like i said i really liked history i i was lucky enough to have some really good history teachers um and
1: you've mentioned that before
0: right and I, I think though that that also helps with certain things that I can remember.
1: So yeah, so yeah, I basically remember her f- from similar to what you just said about history. But even even so, I think this day kind of celebrates her birthday or something like that. Oh, Maybe is it her birthday? The, I think it may be that. Not a hundred percent sure on the information. <laughs> And our guest is up. To look, I think. Oh yeah, this, I'm looking it up. Yeah, he's looking that up right now. Uh, yeah. What? it was February fifteenth. Yep. Uh, yep. And in yep. Massachusetts. Yeah, I even had a similar thing. It's kind of similar to when I did period, the periodic table day last week as one of our segments. It's celebrated the anniversary of the first periodic table that debut. That's just a little bit of a callback to that. Yeah. And and
0: if we want to go back to that, that's pretty interesting, too, because they had, uh, I believe the first periodic table didn't even have
1: all the elements on it yet. Yeah, there were gaps of yep. what others to explore. We talked about that. Again, we talked about that on that last segment. Pretty cool. So, yeah. So, I'm just, so, yeah, Susan B. Anthony, she is celebrated. I think, I think she earns a lot of recognition for all the stuff she did for women's rights as well as anti-slavery. Absolutely. So, anything else you want to add?
0: Um, I don't know, because I feel like, didn't you also put down about February, oh.
1: Yeah. Sorry about this. It's okay. We're kind of running out of time on this segment anyway. (laughs) Coming up, we have, though, you may celebrate on February 16th, right after this.
5: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a cold day. I want to day. be a football stadium. I want stadium. to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be.
3: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. I don't believe it. My savings are gone. Okay. Think. Where'd you have them last? I was home. Then I spent them on that vacation in
4: this tiny suit of armor. Now they're gone. Weird. Weird? Not really. Not saving now means no money later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Oh, I broke his little gauntlet.
3: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, the
2: Pennsylvania Institute of CPAs, and the Ad Council
1: are back ladies and gentlemen and now we'll be moving on to February 16th in which we celebrate National Almond Day so this one actually traces back to our, Mediter- we have our Mediterranean friends to think about this as the cultivation of almond trees begins near 400 B 4,000 BC near the Mediterranean Sea we have they're also placed in King Tut's tomb to nourish him for the afterlife in 1352 BC and didn't really go to roll in popularity in the modern times until the 1850s, when they started to manufacture almonds in California. And even as late, early as 2003, we had a health claim by the FDA saying that a serving of 1.5 ounces a day can help decrease the risk of heart disease. Go ahead, and what are your two cents on this? I love almonds. Uh, <laughs> I get, I get the,
0: the blue diamond brand they have something called smokehouse almonds and they're like a smoky onion powder that they put on them and it's amazing um but i also enjoy when they do desserts with them so have you ever had an almond cookie no i don't think i have it's the, it's like they like they're like a sugar cookie but usually they put like a thumbprint almond in the middle nice okay it's very good. I I um I do enjoy it once in a while. Um, but I always thought it was cool because I didn't know like my entire I went until I was probably almost a teenager until I realized that almonds grew on trees. I did not know. Really. That, I did not know that almonds were a tree nut. No. But did but like also not a lot of people know that peanuts grow underground.
1: Yeah, you kind of think if it's the vice versa, like almonds are the ones that grow on the ground and peanuts are the ones that grow on well, I trees. Just,
0: I just didn't know where almonds came from. I, I, I didn't care, you know, because I was just a kid. But I was like, uh, I got I got into a little bit of gardening and stuff uh, around my teenage years. I like watching things grow because it made, it made me feel happy to know that you could take care of something like that. And then I got uh, a seed book and it had almond
1: trees in it. And I'm like, no way so almonds do grow on trees yeah yeah it's kind of funny and i don't really have much of a history on almonds itself i used to be allergic for them for the longest time okay ever ever since middle school my allergies kind of waned Mm -hmm. and now i just don't now i just don't really prefer them that's my uh whole thing with almonds Anything to add? That's John's juicy details on almonds. (laughs) Hey, almonds aren't juicy. But the details are. Oh, boy. We're (laughs) learning much more about ourselves each day. We could... I can already tell.
0: But it's a... Yeah, it's an interesting time. I mean, I think almonds are probably my favorite tree nut, to be honest. Really? Right, yeah. I I like them. They... I think they can go stale, though. They get like a weird texture to them, and they get kind of like not as crispy. If that makes sense, like they get, they're not as crunchy. So they become like a softer taste, and they just, they feel weird in your mouth. But if they're good, and they're salted, I love them. They're like one of my favorite, like, nuts to have.
1: I see. And even so, once again, I have to say say this every time. Even, even in a day devoted to almonds doesn't get enough respect as, as it deserves because they help reduce the risk of heart disease. Right. And I think we should be a little bit grateful to our tree nuts or peanuts or any kind of nuts, you, even a chock full of nuts. <laughs> Copyright. Well, I, think, I think that
0: uh, health, health day should be just about every day. Pretty much. So anything learning about health wise is something that I feel should be important and should be taught, even if it doesn't include specific holidays. But I, I feel like it's it's a fantastic thing to learn more about what makes you uh, better physically.
1: Yeah, and e- and from one innovation to one fruit innovation to another innovation, it's in, it would be innovation day once we get once on that on that same day interesting so we don't know what innovations are like revolutionizing in technology absolutely even in the 1800s when he received the patent for the electric lamp revolutionized how we do things even at night Right. we also got the mass production of the Model T via the via Ford Henry and Ford helps yep. make cars accessible for the modern people and not some rich rich wheelie toy absolutely And even so, we had Jimmy Carter establish the Department of Energy with its organization app, helping tackle how we use any other sources we could do. And we also got tech companies established in Silicon Valley as early as the 80s. Right.
0: I think I I like to see myself as a uh, a man of innovation. I mean, I I like uh, trying to figure out how things work. I'm, I'm a person that takes stuff apart. Um, as I was talking to you off screen, we were uh, I, I'm in the middle of rebuilding a guitar because right. I just love taking things apart um, that, you know, shouldn't be taken apart or that usually aren't taken apart and just learning how they work. And if it's simple enough, I can probably try and put it back together. It's a good time.
1: Yeah. And that is kind of interesting. So- yeah, we even famous inventions don't really get a whole devoted day to themselves, and this is one of those days where I think they need some respect. I mean, think of all the stuff that we're using to communicate: microphones, headphones, audio audio fixing. Even so, we'll just look at social media. Heck, even social media now with it innovates every day, even for better or for worse. Absolutely. <laughs> And yeah, there could be some bugs or stuff like that, but even how we communicate and how we a- been, be able to access knowledge of information, because even, even the library could be considered an innovation. Absolutely. Like how we talked back during the first segment of our show.
0: I, I believe 100% library is full of innovations. Have you seen a bookshelf?
1: Because they've got double-sided ones. Of course all the you can see all the books or just reading a random article off the internet what about the wheel carts that they have
0: in there even that that's an innovation I feel like that's the innovation between bookshelves themselves and the uh, modern-day caster wheels
1: of course heck even electric lights anything that anything that we take for granted nowadays was considered an innovation long ago absolutely And it's interesting to harken back to the
0: idea that uh, of how good we have it. And, I mean, I know our moms and dads and grandparents yell at us every time about how good we have it because some people didn't have to uh, look at that stuff.
1: They had to work for it. Yeah, even so. So don't really take all those stuff for granted think how would it would have been if we lived in the 1800s and life was more difficult and you could die of dysentery anyway we'll be tackling the next day right after
2: this commercial break are you in need of counseling do you need someone to talk to catholic social services of the diocese of scranton can help our professional counselors can help you work through episodes of depression and anxiety the challenges that affect your marriage or family issues of loss and grief pregnancy or anger For more information, call 570-822-7118 or find us online at Catholic Social Services of the Diocese of Scranton. That's Catholic Social Services of the Diocese of Scranton.
4: Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
3: Who might you save?
4: Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son.
3: Learn fast, F A S T. The sudden signs of a stroke: F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. You could save
4: your friend, teacher, boss.
3: So learn F-A-S-T, then pass it on, because you never know who might save you. Your wife, your colleague. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to CGR Cougar Radio, radio station of Misericordia University, Dallas, Pennsylvania.
1: Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> Had a bit of a mic snafu. Anyway, we'll be moving on to Random Acts of Kindness Day. On the Senate. we just where you don't even realize that you're doing something nice, but you do something nice anyway. Some of the highlights include shaking hands with a person who had AIDS back in the day, with Princess Diana doing that deed, challenging a rumor that AIDS was spread through casual contact. And even so, this actually was established in 95 back in Denver, Colorado, and spread to New Zealand in 2004. Hmm. Even as far as late as 2009 with Catelyn Boyle using sticky notes to spread positive messages all around, sometimes a random act of kindness is just a random act of kindness.
0: Right. And I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, uh, I think that a random, I, I think that it's good that we celebrate it, but I think that a random act of kindness day should be every day. I think that's one of the holidays that should not be a holiday but should instead be uh, instilled as a value uh, to everybody
1: yeah and it's kind of where to really think of just like an unintentional act of kindness whether you, or intentional depending on which situation you might be in absolutely and even so just like simple as holding up the door open for someone or... Buying someone something they can't afford. Right. That's just... Kindness. That's just being it, human. Uh, yeah, Of course, it's just being human.
0: Well, you think about... Uh, random act of kindness stuff as that, or... Helping someone who's fallen, or helping someone across the street, and I see that every day. Granted, I don't see it all the time. But... Once in a while, you'll catch that, and you'll be like, that's good. And you'll think they're, you know, a better person for it, D- depending. You know, I mean, I see it on campus all the time. I see people holding doors open for everyone. I try my best to do the same thing unless I'm, I'm really moving, and then I apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. And then I keep going because, you know me, I'm very uh, booked up when it comes to schedules.
1: Yeah, and even so, I, I've i got nothing else to say for random acts of kindness. It's just, if you see someone in, that needs help in any way, shape, or form, just do something nice. Right. Have you ever had any random acts of kindness? Done to me? Well, you... done to you? Like, you done something for someone else, or... Oh, absolutely. I've done stuff
0: for some other people. I, I try to help people all the time. Um... I've had it where we've done stuff like um, I I think because if there's been people that have uh, like paying paying for people's food behind you in the drive through we'll put it that way because uh, people put money towards us and then we move it down the line and pay for the next person down and I think that is a fantastic way to kind of just keep pushing and making someone smile because if you just think about it, even if that person's getting a cup of coffee, a two dollar cup of coffee, I mean, it makes them smile.
1: Yeah, just something that make you that'll make you smile. Absolutely. And speak and speaking of smile smiling, we also have World Human Spirit Day. Okay. Just, kind of like a, a... It's more philosophical rather than conventional. So, yeah. We have... So, yeah. So, yeah we kind of have like this uh, thinking of a creative, peaceful, and loving life. And for all of you philosophy majors out there, I think you can explain this better than this sh- oh, this host can do in the best of ability. So... I like philosophy. Yeah. I mean...
0: Uh, I just... I had to look it up because I I didn't like I remember hearing about it, but I didn't think it was that particular turn. Um, I feel like it's kind of interesting because uh, if it's about the human spirit and it's about self-reflection a lot of the times, so it's it's how you feel about yourself. It's it's a in my opinion, it's sort of a confidence thing. I mean, like. So if you think that you're at peace and you're happy, so um, it, it really does help when uh, that happens. I mean, if you're, if you're not happy with yourself, it makes life hard sometimes. It, it makes it really difficult to look at stuff and, and to look at yourself and be confident, but it really does help if you're happy with yourself. To help with your confidence, it helps you get through the day. It helps you maintain happiness. It's it's a it's a lifestyle that everyone works on at some point. They try to be happy, whether that is um, working out, whether that is uh, doing a job that they love, or being around people that they love. It is a very uh, interesting thing, and I think that you really hit the nail on the head. I feel like it should be more. Celebrated.
1: Yeah, just kind of accept. It. Just trying to live a good life is kind of difficult when the world kind of like throws challenges that way, and eventually some may crack and some may crumble under the pressure. But
0: it's rolling with the punches, man. That's how it is. That's every day. People ask me how I'm doing, and I'm like, well, I have this going on and this going on and this going on, and. All this other stuff. And they go, wow. And they say, don't burn the candle at both ends all the time. And I look at them and I say, I'm not burning the candle at both ends. The whole candle's on fire. There is no end. And <laughs> it's it's about being able to deal with it. It's about managing it. And as long as you can manage it, it makes life a little easier. Uh, it's the little things sometimes that really get to you. And it's... It's okay. And it, it's okay to... To not be okay with that sometimes. It's it's a thing that everyone goes through.
1: Even so, the first step to admitting... A, to fixing a problem is admitting it at all. And...
0: That's Absolutely.
1: something pe- most people don't like to admit. Well, it's about dropping the doubt in it. Dropping doubt and... Resolving and to be a better version it. of yourself. Yep.
0: Yep, and... And it's been difficult with stuff like that. I mean, I, I've been having my fair share of of difficulties especially it being senior year and stuff there's a lot of stuff going on um and i learned that uh pushing through keeping a rigid rigid schedule or just making sure you have time to get everything done
1: or at least trying to has really been beneficial to me i'm sorry i gotta stop you right there <laughs> we're kind of almost out of time for this that's okay as What we're going to be moving on to the next day Right after this commercial break. Just now, another kid dropped out of school. There's one every 20 seconds. Over 200 kids an hour. That adds up to nearly 5,000 kids every school day. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. But there is someone who can change that. And that someone is you. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. So make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because the path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
4: There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless Emergency Alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are for more information visit ready.gov/alerts brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council
1: and we are back ladies and gentlemen and woo wee we got a little bit of a zinger on February 18th as today is as today is Pluto Day to celebrate the anniversary of Pluto's discovery back in 1930 in the in an observ- Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff Arizona Because of William Tombaugh's debut, sorry about that lapse there, had to think about that for a bit, didn't receive national landmark status until 1965, and unfortunately in 2006 it was demoted to dwarf planet because of its insufficient whole full planet criteria. So is Pluto a planet? (laughs) For the longest time, yes, but up until 2006, not a dwarf planet. I think Pluto's a planet.
0: It's still a planet to us, dang it's it. It's a planet. In my heart, it's a planet. We should, we should sign a petition that says uh, make Pluto a planet again. Well. Our solar system has a Pluto-sized hole in its heart.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> at least we got the... But what about Ceres? It's a dwarf planet. Ares? Ceres. Ceres? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, uh, the asteroid that formerly asteroid Ceres is now promoted to a dwarf planet.
0: Really, didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Ah, bring Pluto back first. <laughs> okay, bring Pluto back. It just and then we'll worry about the rest. I think the reason why they kind of demoted Pluto as a dwarf planet because they didn't want people discovering planets on the fly that didn't really look like the other planets we have, like Mercury, Venus, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, Saturn. Neptune or Uranus. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the reasons why they had to say, okay, this is what qualifies as a planet. This is what's not. And I think that's why Pluto got the axe. Almost over 15 years. Just to set an example. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's kind of my thing when it comes to something like this. And even so Pluto I think Pluto should be I think a dwarf planet's a good compromise. Just calling it a celestial body is kind of demeaning. Even yeah. so
0: Well like, like I like you said, they had to change it because of so much stuff being discovered, and I think that's cool because that actually shows um growth in our uh science that leads towards space and exploration of space probably telescopes visual media
1: everything right right and even so i think pluto needs a little bit more respect planet or no planet give pluto some love I agree give pluto some love guys and even so we also and even so next up we have thumb appreciation day the things that we can use to grip on the other stuff. Opposable you know. thumbs. And even so, I give them two thumbs up. Actually, speaking of thumbs up, the earliest known form of thumbs up was used in "Over the Top" by Arthur Guy Guyempi, which is also the su- it's also the same year that primatologist John Russell Napier was born. You know to help the, you know the thing, why we have thumbs like this and how we got these.
0: It just and reminds me. And even so, uh,
1: ten years later, the whole thumbs up as a positive thing wasn't used until 1927 in a British silent movie that lasted for 19 minutes. Interesting. I just think of
0: Fonzie from Happy Days. Hey. hey. <laughs> and he gives the thumbs up, and he combs his hair back, and he hops on his motorcycle. Agreed.
1: It's cool. Also, fixing the jukebox in one hit. Yeah, it's a fun time. <laughs> You ever heard? I had that. I thought that worked for
0: me once. Really? Just yeah. one, one. Uh, uh, what bu- was it? I think it was. My friends were getting something from a, a dispensary machine, and it didn't. Obviously, it didn't spit it out. So I just hit it once, and it, it dropped the the thing they were getting because it was just so close. Well, for a
1: moment there, I think you got possessed by the spirit of Fonzie. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I we... think
0: I'll survive. <laughs>
1: And even so, the show Happy Days also coined the term of jumping the shark. Yep. Which had an episode of Fonzie literally jumping, jumping a shark. over
0: a shark. Well, yeah, because I think they're also um, bringing up, who was it, Evil Knievel. The stunt right? The stunt rider. Yeah. Because he used to do stuff, and I think his son did the like, jumps like he did, except he did them riding backwards on a motorcycle. Wow. Yeah, riding backwards. Yeah, he sat backwards on the motorcycle and put his hands behind his back and used the throttle.
1: That is kind of interesting to hear about that. I wonder if anyone's actually tried to do it sideways or diagonal. I don't well, know maybe if you can do will it will will
0: diagonal.
1: <laughs> well, maybe time will tell. But thumbs. Hitchhike or th- Hitchhike, give approval or disapproval, whether... Depending on the direction. Or, eh, for middle thumb.
0: <laughs> That's what all those Roman movies and stuff, they actually had the thumbs up they, or thumbs down.
1: Well, th- it wasn't really a bloody gladiatorial battle as seen on the movies. It was more like a modern day sports bonanza. Sometimes. Yeah. And speaking of one essential thing to another essential thing, we also have National Battery Day. I like batteries. And get... And guess which founding father invented the battery? Was it? I want to say Ben Franklin. You're correct. Oh my God. Yep, he described the he described the term battery in order to describe a group of jars in order to make an electric current. Oh, okay. And even so, and even so, it wasn't until 1800 when voltage piles were created, which produces limited electric currents. And I learned the, about them And D-sized batteries weren't invented until the National Carbon Co- Company first introduced them for flashlights And ni- and even mm-hmm. 1957, yet we had the first battery-operated watch So you don't need to crank it anymore I like crank
0: watches They're one of my favorite things, I love wind-up clocks But yeah. any, the only thing that sucks about them is that you can overwind them
1: I never imagined doing a cl- kind of like one of those crank watches
0: so it's it's like a spring inside of it that ten, that uses tension, and so that's what powers it is tension. Um, and if you over tension it, then obviously it loses its gusto. But anyways, no. And I I learned I had a book at one point that taught you how to make like batteries out of nickels. I think it was nickels because of the metal in them, the specific metal. You put like foil and some sort of liquid in between, and you made a stack of them and it used it created an electric current
1: i see and even so we have batteries to operate our headphones or operate our watches and even so even trivial things can be given a little bit more respect and even have a day devoted to them so i think that's cool i think it's cool
0: i think i think it's cool though learning about it the electrical current stuff because that kind of reminds me of hold on
1: there we're kind of out of time oh okay so we'll be doing the weekend right after this commercial break
3: Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed. And they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs. And it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by T. Teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.
5: Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So, if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. And now I'm going to be combining the weekend into one segment because it wasn't until after the first show that I broadcasted that I missed February 13th. And for those who Wanted holidays talked about on February 13th, I apologize, I didn't realize until after. So I'm combining the weekend into one segment, as I stated before. So so let's start with February 19th, which is, in fact, Chocolate National Chocolate Mint Day. Mm. So we got 1940s is when the whole peppermint thing kind of started with the York Peppermint Patty. And nineteen fifty-three Girls starts started selling them because of its rise in popularity. Girl and nineteen seventy-three, Marilyn Ricketts, a culinary student, invents mint chocolate chip ice cream. How about Andy's candies? Oh that those are good. Yeah, and even so, even in the twenty nineteen, Nestle's after eight mint candies kind of sold off the shelves like with like hotcakes. I'm a fan of chocolate mint. I
0: actually uh, I grow mint,
1: and uh, I have a little herb garden
0: uh, near my house. We have it in a flagstone garden. Really? And yeah, and um, my we actually have a sailboat that's broken in half that we use to keep the herbs in. We we put dirt in it and made it so that way it doesn't wash away very badly when rain comes, and we filled it with mint and lemongrass and. Uh, rosemary and all this other stuff But I think it was cool I think I have There is a mint uh, A breed of mint That is referred to as chocolate mint So it actually has like a little bit of a cocoa taste More so than other mints It's, it's kind of like a, a weird
1: taste But it's very good Nice I've tried chocolate mint once or twice I do like it's a unique minty flavor But I more recognize mint Like those from uh, toothpastes and stuff like that
0: Okay, I, I, that ruins it for a lot of people too, because they're like, "Oh, it tastes like toothpaste," and I'm like, "No, it doesn't taste like sugar and like mint." But I, I understand your, uh, your grievance with mint versus toothpaste, um, and I'll raise you this one: Why don't you try spearmint toothpaste? What is this a poker game? You're raising me this opinion? Absolutely. <laughs> But I think I think that mint. Well, I think mint, they use mint because it gives a freshness. Any kind of mint they use peppermint usually, but they can use spearmint or winter mint, and that's why I like a lot of mint companies use that as well. Or maybe even I don't I don't know, just speculation. I didn't look it up, but maybe that's why they call those candies mints lozenges mints, because they are at least originally mint based on mint flavors.
1: Yeah, I think it's those kind of spearmint, those mints candies like those lifesavers are you were meant to suck on them and right you oh. can't really chew them if you even if you tried oh i can
0: really i you chew can... two at a time I, I like it uh it burns good I, I get altoids
1: it's a good kind of burn and not absolutely the, oh, sweet oh sweet goodness please stop the, this now
0: the only thing that sucks is drinking cold water afterwards oh that kind of amplifies it's it, like icy it? fire <laughs>
1: It's, co- it's kind of like one of those cold fire stuff. It's so cold it's hot. It's like jumping into a bath of ice water. So cold it's hot. What's it's hot. It's co- so it's hot it, it's cold. It kind what of, is this? Pop a Pop-Tarts commercial? It kind of I think it's a nerve thing.
0: It triggers something that's very similar to burning, but it's cold. I see. I think so like, I, that's how I, I I think it was explained to me once, but I don't remember. So what
1: you're saying, the sensation is so cool, it's hot, and what's it's so hot that it's cool.
0: It's like have you ever have you ever stepped outside and grabbed a uh, a handful of snow? Yeah. And after a while, the cold got so bad it started to hurt. hmm It's just like if you held it for a little bit more, it'll actually start to burn. Like f- like feeling like the cold is burning you. Like I've had uh issues uh i was out for in sub-zero temperatures pushing my sister and her friends cars out of uh out of the snow and that actually caused my hands to go numb for like a week i see and And that's the that's the it's so cold
1: it burns (laughs) yeah and even and now we move on to sunday's holiday which is national muffin day i love muffins don't we all so, no, nothing's actually. We have our English friends across the channel, the channel pond for this. We have English style muffins originating in Wales. Or Welsh, or whatever. Yep. And it wasn't until 1730, uh, 1730 1703 when the first misspelling of muffin, spelling is muffin. I'm sure you can. And even so, the whole muffin man expression kind of de- debuts in a poem in nineteen in seventeen fifty four, and it, grew, it grows in popularity during the nineteenth century when factories were starting to pop up all over Britain. I think we kind of have a different context when it comes to muffin, like those crumpets you see on t- see on British televisions or something like that. Or I think the whole muffin thing we learn of nowadays is kind of like those big fluffy ones.
0: Yes, I was going yeah. to say I have a controversial thing to say about muffins. Go ahead. Muffins are the cupcakes of breakfast.
1: Are... Now that I think about it, (laughs) yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of are. They kind of are the cupcakes of breakfast. I mean, you could have... Chocolate, chocolate chip, strawberry. And... Yeah, blueberry. Vanilla. (laughs) What does that make the the Danish, then? The... Like like the English muffins, no. I don't know,
0: like well, weird toast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> weird toast. I like them. I mean, I like them. I like them used specifically like bread for sandwiches. You toast them like bre- like toast, and then you put them in between an egg and sausage sandwich, and you're good to go.
1: Or... Yeah, just I don't know, just like muffins, kind of like one of those grab and go Another one of those grab and snacks
0: yeah but they're very crumbly so it's like it's it's a grab and go but then if you get a chocolate
1: one you can get chocolate all down your shirt because it melts so that's why every slice of life anime, anime always has a always has a girl running late for school with a, a stick of, a bread of, a slice of bread in her mouth maybe Toast i don't know in her know. mouth i i don't really watch a lot of anime but i'll believe you it's a cliche it's a cliche you'll see these a lot, you'll see them a lot
0: I'm sure. I just, I don't have a lot of time usually that I watch a lot of TV. If I watch a lot of stuff, usually I try to do something uh, both educational and entertaining.
1: I see. Just, my, yeah, and you only see them on like breakfast cereal commercials sometimes. Absolutely. Alongside with an orange or some eggs or something like that. I don't know how somebody can eat all that. They always say it's
0: part of a balanced breakfast. But it's like, how can you eat a bowl? Like, my bowls of cereal must be huge then. Because I, I, I can't eat a bowl of cereal and a muffin and a fruit and
1: a glass of milk and a glass of orange juice. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah and even so, I, even so, we're now complete of the week, and that's going to do it for this segment. If you'd like to become a co-host on either future segments, uh, email. I, you can email me. Email me at Hubertj and, misericordia.edu, and we'll see you next time. Later!
0: You're listening to CGR Cougar Radio, radio station at Misericordia University, Dallas, Pennsylvania.